Hello, and welcome to an unconventional guide to success, where we are exploring concepts and discussing real life examples, showing that the path isn't linear and the journey to success is self-defined. My name is Linda Misagatis. And I'm Scott Montgomery. And we will be your guides. Hey, Scott, welcome. Hey, thank you, Linda. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's so good to see you again. Yeah, it has been a few minutes, but only a few yes, minutes. Yes, only so this just is a few good. minutes. Exactly. <laughs> yes. No, I'm really excited about this episode where we're going to dig into habits, goals, mindsets, and self-care. Um, I think these are some of my favorite topics because um, outside of maybe habits, um, I'm not so good at goals, mindset, and self-care. So uh, <laughs> uh, come on now. Uh, I know you yeah. are. <laughs> so this will be good and we'll learn a lot. But, um, you know, I wanted to kind of start out with a quote that you've got in your book, uh, where you say, you'll never change your life until what well, you don't say this, John Maxwell says it, but yeah, you yeah. quoted, um, you'll never change your life until you change something that you do daily. The secret to your sex success is found in your daily routine. And so what I wanted to kind of launch this with is, um, I wanted to understand for myself, like, what's the difference between habits and routines? Because they're, they're not the same. And you, when you think about what, um, you know, if I go to the internet um, yeah. and look and see what they say, that um, a lot of times the words are used interchangeably, but the dictionary defines a habit as an acquired behavior pattern uh, regularly followed until it becomes almost involuntary. Mm -hmm. This could be good. So like making your bed in the morning or giving your partner a good morning kiss, but it can also be bad. So it can be like checking your phone first thing in the morning or smoking. Um, and so habits aren't necessarily always positive habits, um, you know, they can also be negative. And then if you look at what a routine is defined as, it's a customary or regular course of procedure. And some would say it's a collection of habits played out in the same pattern. We would argue that routines don't have to involve habits. And if you've set a goal to live a healthier life, you set up a routine. So this could be something like you wake up, brush your teeth, get dressed, work out, um, which, you know, we're going to talk a little bit because you you use, um, I'm not going to use your words, I'm going to save them for you. Um, but those are words that you um, use in the book that kind of align with what we're talking about, um, you know, kind of like just to capture what those are. But I think, you know, both habits and routines are, are regular and repeated actions. Um, but habits are happen, you know, with little or no conscious thought. So like I have habits every morning, I follow the same habit, um, <laughs> good or bad, it's what I do. And with enough time and right technique, routines can turn into habits, but it's not an automatic unconscious process. So routines, you kind of have to think about and you hope eventually they become habits. So, you know, I just threw a lot of words out there, but what are your thoughts on all of that? So for me, um, in the way that I wrote, how did you get here? I, I kind of commingled those. I referred to the routine of brushing my teeth as a positive habit towards working towards working at peak performance. So for me, I interchanged them in the same topic of habit. And I agree with you. There's some sort of routine that can also be acquired that turns into a habit, like brushing your teeth becomes routine and then habit or Quitting smoking, the routine of not having a cigarette becomes a habit of not smoking, perhaps. But I, and for the simplicity of the way I wrote the book, the, the chapter in the book, I kept habits and routines very similar. I make Got reference it. to when I wake up in the morning, it's the same pattern, you know, brush your teeth, rinse the sink, comb your hair, put on your clothes, go to the gym. And, right. And then going to the gym might be a routine at first, but now it's become habit. Sometimes I don't even know 
when I'm not when I'm done brushing my teeth and I'm not supposed to go to the gym that day. <laughs> but wait, I'm, you know, the trigger point. I got to go. <laughs> well, and you probably feel a little lost, right? I know like yeah. when my routine is so, so when I travel for work, my morning routine is not the same because I don't have access to what I have at home. And that's right. a little disruptive to me. And so I really had to then like create a, a habit routine for on the road as well so that I could not feel like something was wrong in right, my right. day. Because, you know, right. when you when you follow that every single day, you get those routines and patterns um, and then you don't follow them. It can be very disruptive to the whole start of, of you know, your morning or or really can set your whole day off. Um, but I talk a little bit about why creating those routines and habits were so important to you as a child, because you started some of this as a young person and talk about why, why did you do that? So there's a couple of variables in there for me that made a difference. One, I think I have a raging case of ADD <laughs> and <laughs> with that means I can't keep my brain is scattered in the way I process things. I can be laser focused in one area and let other areas drop. So on a personal front, habits help me create structure that allow me to keep the momentum of the positive goals I'm looking to achieve in sight, in view, and attainable. The other part of that for me is coming from a broken home, the parents uh, constantly fighting the disruption that the, uh, that the childhood, my childhood had can be mitigated by knowing what my next step is going to be getting through some of those bad patterns of parents fighting, meals being disrupted, and just sort of not having the attention one might need as a child. I knew where I would, my safe place would be. And then it also satiated my ADD because it yeah. sort of perpetuated for me a pattern of escape from the chaos and a pattern of prosperity and peak performance to be ready for the next goal-oriented task. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think about when I was young, if I would have had, if I would have established more of those habits um, myself, where I think that similarly, just in the chaos of it all, my habit was probably that um, as soon as the sun rose, I was out of the house. Um, I yeah. was off, you know, exploring by myself, hanging out in the backyard, going on a bike ride, whatever it was. But, you know, none of it was, was very routine. And so it didn't help settle the chaos, which is what I kind of hear you saying is that by mm -hmm. creating some habits and routines, it gave you something to be grounded in, mm -hmm. which then mm -hmm. helped you to um, to maybe not feel as chaotic as the situation was perhaps. Well, and those feeling chaotic and reacting in a chaotic manner would eliminate good grades. It would eliminate focus and conventional paths towards a future that would normally drive success. And it was also a great escape to something I couldn't control. My parents fighting was no impact on me. It had a re right. It was no result of me. It was an impact on me that I could mitigate by having structure in the day to day. That's early childhood. As I went forward and I applied those habits to my first job, uh, applied those habits to working out and self-care and applied those habits to working towards goals. Right. It really helped me be at peak performance because my own mind is that of a scattered thought process. And so if I can start with structure. I can allow for some space to create a calm that actually moves towards the goal that we're going to go into in the next chapter. 
So, you know, what was interesting for me, again, it's funny how different we are, and yet we had very similar backgrounds. Um, But one of the, because for me, I was someone who, I almost operate at peak performance in chaos. And I don't know if that uh, came from childhood or what that was, but um, so I was someone who did not establish probably good, good patterns of behavior as far as like doing tasks and uh, and being very focused on that. But I was very driven in that if once I had a deadline, then I would do it. But I would do everything at the last minute because even for me today, I operate at peak performance when I'm under a great deal of stress. And so when I know that um, I have to get something done, I oftentimes wait till the last minute. And if I don't have a deadline, I won't, I'll let it sit forever Um, because I have to have something that creates chaos or a sense of urgency in order for me to like do what I need to do. And so it's, it's kind of funny. You would think that because similarly having a very chaotic environment, um, the way my brain is wired, and I was that way all through school. I was a I was a good student from the standpoint that I got really good grades because I was fortunate enough to have been blessed with that, I guess. But um, what I will say is that I was not a good student. I was a terrible student yeah. because I did not follow any type of pattern, which is also then why when thinking about going to college, that really factored in for me because sitting in a classroom and going through that type of learning, when you know, when I joke about school of hard knocks, it, it legit, I put myself through the most challenging way to get to to get to where I am. And sometimes you look back and like, why did I do that. And it has to yes. be, I guess, the way our brains are wired, right? Um, as to why, and maybe I just never, uh, unlike yourself, was able to kind of figure that out, that maybe establishing a specific goal habit or pattern or routine might have actually helped me more today. I, I, I will, let's go there for a minute, because I would argue that some of the habits that I had in my younger years were as a way to mitigate the chaos I was growing up in. And that did not impact my grades, did not help me work in peak performance. It helped me from being um, self-medicating with illegal drugs. It helped me, yes, it helped me yeah. keep my sanity in a situation I had no control over. As I got older, I found solace in that habit, but I was also still very, um, know the right words to use, but I didn't apply good habits to working towards peak performance until I was well out of high school. Okay. I was probably 18, 19 years old when I really started to understand that habits could affect how I achieve goals. But in the interim for me between a divorcing parents and applying these habits, I was all over the place. I wasn't okay. doing Got smart it. things. I was smoking cigarettes. I was spending too much money. I had erratic behaviors it's sort of just intertwined all right, of this. Right. And so it's kind of hard the direction of our conversation today to kind of express that in a way that, you know, uh, it provided benefit in two areas at two different times of my life. Interesting. Yeah, no, yeah. that's really fascinating because um, similarly, I guess in that regard, um, you know, I think about, again, kind of going back to the way that even today, when I, I thought about, I was reading your book and I was, you know, how you 
talk about quitting smoking, for example. Yeah, and I yeah. was a smoker myself. And uh, the way that I quit smoking is one day I just said I wasn't going to smoke anymore. And I just literally stopped smoking. Um, and wow. it, it not and that um, I don't know what that it maybe that just speaks to um, the resilience of of surviving situations perhaps yes. you know that that when I'm in a situation whatever that is um, once I set my mind to something uh, I remember one time uh, so I've done a few half marathons um, nothing compared to your Ironman um, but I've done a couple of half marathons and I remember my old boss saying to me uh, Linda you know it is your mind that allows you to do that because you're clearly yeah. not a runner which was kind of funny because on one hand you would find that insulting um, but on the other hand, knowing, right. knowing my old boss and here? how we talk about things <laughs> yes exactly how did you get here why are you doing half marathon <laughs> you are right. clearly not a runner. Um, you know, <laughs> it's so funny when way. I look back on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was, it was my, once I set my mind to something, then there was no stopping me. I could do whatever um, I had to do, but that hasn't always been very healthy. And that's, you know, that's the other side of that is that what I love about what you just said is that you had to find a way to survive as a younger person. And so you created some grounding habits, yes. routines for yourself. That exactly. Just, just kind of got you through, right? I mean, you needed yes. something that was stable. And then it didn't mean like you weren't chaotic, as you pointed out, that you still then went through a chaotic time and then you came back to that. So maybe yes. talk a little bit about how you kind of came back to that later in life. Well, I think coming back to that was how I quit smoking. And quite frankly, it became a habit for me to quit smoking than it did at cold turkey. So got it. I tried a, a few times going cold turkey and, and it, you know, I feel for people with addiction because as least impactful as cigarettes may be against opiates or hardcore drugs or alcohol, yeah. cigarettes were hard to break. Yeah. But what I did is I, I imposed the reward of a cigarette weekly. Got and it. then okay. as I did the weekly reward and I was out with my friends and I was smoking cigarettes, I realized how impactful they made me feel in the yeah. negative. And how awful it made me feel. So a few months into that, it became every other week. And then it became once a month. And then it became this thing that I'm not afraid to have a cigarette even now and then, every now and then. Sure. But I've got the habit part of it under control. Yeah. And the addiction is gone. And it's as a result of this sort of rinse, rinse lather, repeat mindset. Yeah. That I, I love to coin in a lot of different areas of my life. And that's I like this topic that. can be very broad in different areas of habits. It definitely brushing, can. Yeah. I mean, from brushing your teeth to working out to quitting smoking, they are grounding functions. So for me, yes. habits and routines ground me to allow me to work at peak performance. Well, and one of the things that I love about what you just said is the way that you allowed yourself to quit. Because one of the things that I uh, was reading about what they call the habit loop is that it's like we have to understand why things become habitual. And most of the time, the reason why they come become habitual is pleasure, right? So mm -hmm. even addiction, there's a pleasure component, even though you know what the downside of it is, because I yeah. felt the same way, like smoking cigarettes. I hated the way my mouth tasted and I hated the way I smelled. But man, in that moment, I love that cigarette. Yeah. And, yes. um, you know, it was like nothing was better than than smoking that cigarette. And so we've got to come up with a way to kind of create that payoff. Um, so you've got to find the fun side of it. And so I like what you had said there is that you told yourself I could have 
it one time and, uh, you know, and then I could do this. And, and one of the things that it talks about in this habit loop is that, you know, for example, if you're trying to get healthy and you want to work out, so you say, if I go to the gym and I spend 30 minutes on the treadmill, then I can start work late and watch some, you know, trash TV on, uh, if that's what I want to do, like if that's what my pleasure is, but finding something that you can kind of, um, used to replace the pleasure, right? So there, you've got to trick your brain, I guess, a little bit into seeing something positive out of something that you may not perceive as positive in the moment. So like, you know, like some people don't find going to the gym that pleasurable, but they know that they need to do something in order to work out and get themselves healthy. So how do they convince their brain that working out is actually pleasurable. And sometimes that's a reward system. And that's well, kind of what you discussed a little bit. Well, and it's funny because I didn't add that component of I was running during the week. So running became oh, the thing that would okay. clear my lungs. I was feeling stronger. I was breathing better. Yeah. I didn't stink all yeah. during the week. And then I would go out and I would stink and I couldn't breathe and I was lethargic the next day. And yeah. it became more and more aware of the negative impacts of the habit of smoking and more and more aware of the positive impacts of running yeah. and the habit of running. That makes and so a lot of sense. The polarity of those two things separating out were also part of anybody's equation in acquiring a habit. Endorphins yeah. for me are stronger than the habits of smoking. But that maybe makes not a lot the of sense. Maybe not the case for everybody. Maybe the endorphins of trash TV is stronger than smoking. I don't know. Yeah. But the awareness that I'm trying to parlay in the book and that we're discussing in this conversation is super huge for people who feel like they don't have a choice. It starts with little pieces of habit slash routine. Yeah. And once you yes. realize you can take control, you can start to choose the things that provide you a better pleasure. I prefer. Yeah. I preferred running over smoking. I prefer triathlons and Ironmans over smoking. Yeah. Yeah. I prefer clean teeth and a fresh mouth over not brushing my teeth. Right. Yes. Yeah. No, it's yeah. true. It's what you find pleasure in, right? And figuring right. out what that Valid is. Point. You know, but it's gotta be, it's gotta be healthy pleasure. Um, because yeah. there are a lot of things that are not healthy that are pleasurable as well. That, you know, you've got to really kind of find that balance. But but I like what you just said too, is that it's about starting small. So like we're, you know, we're yeah. as you and I are recording this episode, we're coming into New Year. And what always happens at the new year is everyone goes in and they're gonna change all their habits and routines and they're going to yep. eat healthy and, and get fit. And, you know, I'm going to sleep better and manage stress better. And, and it, you know, I think most of the time goal those, those sorts of things happen or don't happen. Uh, but maybe for, maybe if you're lucky, you get through a month. Uh, but I think yeah. most people a couple weeks in and they're done because they've tried to take on way too much too mm -hmm. fast and make yeah. these massive changes. Yes. And, um, and that's not healthy either. Um, you really do kind of need to start out small and then build on it so that you experience success, right? Because then that's when you feel good too. It's like probably as you were running and you started to feel better, then you're like, oh, this feels good. And then you want to do a little bit more and a little bit more. And that's to your point, that endorphin and that serotonin in your brain, because then that kind of gets things feeling good and you're feeling healthy and positive and but it, it takes some time to keep that going. I think so. And I also think that there's two ways of, I love your approach of cold turkey. I mean, I took six months to quit smoking cigarettes. You quit in a day. Yeah. So I don't know which is better. 
I, I don't know which is better, honestly. Yeah. It's um, nice and to I, be able yeah. to chat about both. Where it's nice, yeah. it's nice. This this is another purpose to speaking to our young generation of entrepreneurs or driven people interested in in how we might get there in the yes. future. Realize there are two paths to this, and yours yeah. was cold turkey, and mine in smoking, and mine was gradual. Exactly. Yeah. And either are okay as long as you recognize or establish a habit that moves you to working towards peak performance. Yes. And I think that's a really good point. Uh, and I'm glad that you said that because it's it's really our whole um, purpose behind this unconventional guide, right? Is that yeah. we're not all on the same path and we don't all have to do it exactly the same way. There are multiple ways to get to the same place. Um, and it really kind of depends on you and how your brain operates. And Well, you know, Linda, also you had talked about routines and habits and how they play off each other. And I think it's really important that no matter, I interchange them. And I'll tell you when I had my first job and I was working at a local grocery store in the bakery, the routine was to set up the ba- the frozen products onto trays and put them into the refrigerator to thaw overnight so they could be baked the next morning. If you apply the same functions of habit to that routine, I was able to finish that in less time than I was scheduled for. And the key to that is that I had the rest of my shift to find productivity outlets in other areas of the bakery and the store itself. And I was able to network and I was able to be more productive and, and I was able to clean up the bakery better. I was able to get a better reputation for myself as a result. I was able to work in different departments. And basically what I'm saying is it exposed an even, even greater peak performance capability. Yeah, that's awesome. And so that work was more of a routine, but it was also kind of like a habit. So I wanted to blend where we started this t- talk into yeah. how they still sort of go together. For me, they did. Yeah. No, I think that that's a really good point. And I love that you said that as well, because by taking that approach and getting that done quickly. So you credit an efficiency around it, right? And I'm a, I know yeah. you and I are very similar in that we're very process oriented people. Yes. Like when I see mm-hmm. a problem, I want to take it down to its grassroots and I want to figure out what's the core, what's causing the problem. Right. And yes. then I'm going to fix it up. I'm not a, I'm not a slap a bandaid on it kind of person. Cause I just, you're not fixing anything. Then you're just, you know, right. maybe you're fixing in the moment, um, but you're not <laughs> fixing the problem. And so right. I like to really kind of break it down and which is exactly what you did. And then you created an efficient way to do that, which then to your point allowed you greater opportunity to expand. And I'm sure over time, if I remember correctly, it led to more responsibility, which then probably led to greater compensation over time and which probably helped you tremendously as you transitioned into roles, you know, down the road, because you've now established some really great patterns of behavior that, um, that could then be applied into, you know, the future, future Scott. So, so in speaking to our generation, young entrepreneurs in this next yeah. generation of leaders, patterns, routines, habits, I've intertwined them in the book. You can yeah. dissect them down, but at the end of the day, I have found peak performance as a result of all three in it. dealing, in dealing with my own bad habits in dealing with my chaotic childhood and in dealing with my ADD mindset of spray and pray on every subject. Yeah, no, I well, even though I'm process driven. 
Yeah. Yeah. No. And what I love about that is because what I don't know about about for you, but I'm guessing it was similar in that um, the way that we were kind of um, guided by our the adults in our lives mm-hmm. was um, this is the way you do it. Um, you know, and it was kind of like you got to go through this um, uh, painful process and learn these lessons in life, and everything's got to be hard. But you got to you got to follow this way, and the way to success is a nine to five job. Um, yeah. You know, go to college, get a nine yep. to five job and um, money in the bank, get married, have kids, whatever, whatever it was. But the, it was kind of like this. That's how it was done. That's how you defined success. And I think that what we've learned is that that's not true. And we want to impart upon our the younger generations that um, it doesn't have to be that way. And that isn't how you define success. You define what success is and how you're going to get there and that that can look totally different. And I think that's so important because so often we do kind of find ourselves providing guidance to the younger generation. That was the same guidance we got that it's like, you have to do it this way if you're going to be successful. Otherwise you might as well just throw success right out the window. Right. And, and defining success as an individual thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, and I think that's so, that's the hard part. But what I loved about what you just said is habits, goals, routines, you have to figure out what works for you as an individual, right? So even as we were talking in our last podcast around coaching, habits, patterns, and routines, not goals. Habits. Oh, yes, yes. I'm sorry. You're right. Yes. No, good, good clarification on that. Um, But, you know, because kind of like what we were talking about with mentors, coaches, um, you have to find the right person for you. And you can't, you don't want that person to just come in and tell you, this is what to do, right? And like, here it is, dot, dot, dot. Because if that doesn't fit for you, you'll never be successful in that model either. Correct. And, and there's a mem- there's, for me, that's correct. And, and also a coach can help you realign your mm-hmm. habits and your patterns and your routines if you're choosing to do that. Yeah. And an advisor can tell you the best way to get a result. And so yeah. that, that this all ties together. I love how you're bringing together what we've talked about in the previous uh, podcast and this podcast about how it just sort of mounts and yes. sort of plays into each other. Absolutely. And it's so critical people give themselves a pass for this journey this way. I, I think, think so. I think you're right. Because, yeah. Because you can also go get a nine to five job and you can also go to college and find that to be successful. You might not be as fulfilled or you might be as fulfilled. But yeah. the the topic topics we're reviewing run the gamut and we just happen to have not pathed a traditional course. Yes in what we think the norms of society are saying about you must go to college and you must get a nine to five. We just did it a little different for our varying reasons. And these are the things that helped us get through that, that, uh, uh, that intersection of diversion of I'm going to do it this way instead. I mean, I worked, I worked and worked. I've been working for 35 years. Exactly. And I've gone to college in hindsight because for me, it's a bucket list. And for me, I wanted to empower the next generation. I find myself teaching the classes that I'm taking at school right now. Yeah. It's just an interesting, it's interesting what you touch on because the course, the course is, is not um, right or wrong. And there are many different ways. And this unconventional path that we're talking about, I don't think it's talked about enough. Habits, routines, patterns, getting a coach, 
being responsible in relationships, acquiring partnerships, they all sort of mount onto each other. And they're all part of the building blocks of success. And this one for me, habits really ties to doing all of these activities in peak performance. Yes. And I love that peak performance um, because I think you're right. It's it's kind of that. And, you know, you could define peak performance as um, that feel good, too. Right. So yeah. maybe um, that's that's how you kind of you get to that yeah. place where you're like, I'm feeling good about this. You know, life feels good. And I just don't think that there's enough of that today. And I think it is because of what you just said is that we're not focused enough on, on really this whole idea of um, habits and patterns and routines uh, that we, we need that in life. Um, otherwise, we are kind of chaotic and out of control. Even if even if you're not, you don't grow up in an alcoholic family or, you know, in a broken home or any of the, even if you just have the most normal of, of upbringings, you still can have chaos um, totally. around you. And so by defining and, and kind of creating those um, patterns and routines and habits, it helps to create a structure in your life that really kind of leads to what we're going to talk about next, which is goals. We hope you enjoyed this episode of An Unconventional Guide to Success. In each episode, Scott and I will share experiences and relationships that have shaped us. Our next episode, we will continue by discussing the importance of goals. What you get by achieving your goals is not as important as what you become by achieving your goals. Henry David Thoreau. An Unconventional Guide to Success is an inspirational, motivated series hosted by Scott Montgomery and Linda Misigatis, recorded on Riverside.fm. Music, editing, and production by Logan Misigatis. Check out Scott Montgomery's new book, How Did You Get Here?, and all the helpful related materials at www.howdidyougethere.com. Thank you for joining us on our journey. If you would like to reach out to us, our contact information is in the show notes. At the end of each episode, we would like to leave you with a few questions offered to guide you in your personal exploration of how relationships and experiences are building your success. Take time to reflect and write about what arises. What habits support your well-being and success? What habits do you wish to practice but currently don't? Where are you most easily able to remain consistent in your habits?